the Fire Within Podcast. You need a sustainable plan, the right mindset, and the knowledge and inspiration to stoke the fire within. Just like the Phoenix, you can burn your old habits, never turn back, and emerge completely anew. There are no shortcuts. Welcome, Fire Within community. This is the Fire Within Podcast, where we talk about all things health, fitness, and nutrition related. I'm your host, Brandon, with my co-host, Joe. Hello. How's it going, Joe? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. We don't have a guest today. We are going to solo cast. Uh, we thought it would be a really cool topic to touch on today is specifically trying to figure out why it's harder to lose fat around your midsection. Yeah, what the heck? Yeah, man. I don't have ugly, disturbing fat in places I don't care about, but I just can't get it off of my stomach. <laughs> why can't we pick up our fat like in our calves or something? <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this. Of course, women are going to be predisposed to having a harder time with that because of childbearing. And however you were evolved to, you know, keep the human race going. It's an important job. It's a good thing it's not up to us men because if I was pregnant, I'd be a freaking baby, Joe. <laughs> I was, we were talking on a podcast about that earlier about, it was with the girls who do stuff and they were talking with the pelvic floor, pelvic floor therapist that you had on your show that was really funny in that episode, Kegel or Kegel. Yeah, Alexis uh, Bond. Yeah, and she was, they were chatting about how after you have a baby, like the program response that we've done like over centuries of involve, of evolving, like now the thing is, oh, you had a baby, I'll make you a casserole. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, man, if guys did it, we'd be giving out medals. There would be like <laughs> a special parking pass for the rest of your life <laughs> if it was guys, but it's not, and it's girls, and so they just get a casserole. <laughs> Really, though, seriously, when it comes to stomach fat, is there some kind of science behind why it all seems to want to accumulate in our midsection? Yeah, there's actually quite a few things, and I thought it'd be fun to touch on some of these points. Uh, now, some are no-brainers that people are aware of, such as eating too much sugar. And some of the things we've talked about on the show before are lectin proteins from wheat grain and corn and just too much sugar from corn syrup in general, they tend to deposit in the liver and in those internal organ areas. So that's one of your no-brainer places to look for, for first. But then another one could be, another one could have to do with types of fat cells. So there's two different types in our body. You got alpha and beta. And they respond differently to lipolysis, which is the loss of body fat. The alpha cells are going to respond better and they accelerate the process. Whereas beta cells, they don't respond as favorably and make it harder to lose fat. So some experts believe that around the midsection are more of those beta cells that are harder to lose. So that's part of it especially that love handle area on guys. So typically we're going to see changes on our face, our legs, our arms first, because they have a lot more of those alpha cells. And the thighs and belly fat, there, there are tons more beta cells there. So it is harder to lose in those areas. So there is some science behind it. It's not just a common frustration, but it's actual. Yeah, more so for women, but also for everyone. Now, another thing that's worth mentioning is leptin. So we have two hunger hormones. We have ghrelin, which tells us we're hungry. And we have leptin, which tells us we're full. So especially as we age, sometimes leptin levels can change. When the less leptin sensitivity you have, then the harder it is going to it is going to be to get satiated and to want to stop eating. So that can make a big difference too. So how do you get more leptin? What foods have leptin? I think they can help increase the production, but eating the foods doesn't give you more leptin. Yeah. 
You can't actually find leptin in food, uh, but eating the right foods can help the hormonal processes that would naturally increase leptin levels or leptin sensitivity. So I can't just eat hormones? No, <laughs> it doesn't typically work well. Or a hormone that pill that I can... I think there are hormones. Well, there's synthetic there. hormones and things like that, but typically it's this whole complex thing where you eat something, the body breaks down into all the different micronutrients and minerals, and then that tells all the different glands and things, what to do, what to produce more of, what to produce less of. So it's not like, here, eat this leptin. Although I do believe there's a leptin injection people can get for extreme cases. I don't know all the ins and outs of it. I've never really researched it. But but sometimes leptin levels being off are going to make it harder to be full and cause people to eat more. Now, another huge thing that can increase weight around the belly is stress. And that's linked to the hormone cortisol. So as stress hormone cortisol increases, you're going to store more fat, especially around the midsection. Now, you can do a saliva test to check your cortisol levels. I think they could do a blood test too, but it's just a one-time reading where the saliva test is typically taken over four different times so they can chart out a pattern and get a better look at that. Uh, so that may be worth doing. And things that can impact cortisol are going to be perceived stress to work in relationships, your sleep pattern. It could be over-exercising. It could be hypocaloric diets where you're not eating enough. All these different types of things are going to can drastically impact your cortisol levels, which could lead to more weight gain around the belly. Now, it's one of those things we mentioned. Uh, what if you're stressed out because you're gaining weight around your belly? <laughs> then maybe meditation is right for you, Joe. <laughs> it's a very valid point. But I think meditation might be helpful there. But going back to that too much exercise thing, what can happen there is it can really tax what's called the HPA access, which is the hypothalamus, the pituitary, and the adrenals. And they have a feedback loop like a triangle. And if you're over-exercising and they're over-outputting these adrenaline-type hormones, eventually they can start to get wore out. And as they wear out, your thyroid starts to get wore out too. And then your metabolism is going to slow down. You're going to gain more weight, particularly around the belly. So stress has a big part of it. Exercising incorrectly for your body and your hormones could be part of that too. Now, the other thing we mentioned was a hypocaloric diet. So when our body senses we're not getting enough calories in, our, our metabolism can plummet. It could really drop significantly. This is the one that I think baffles people. Yeah. And I remember it was probably three or four weeks ago, we were doing our weekly or monthly weigh-ins or however often we do them because we're doing that course together. And the I had lost a significant amount of weight this way, and, and I was thinking what I did differently, and is I ate more. Yeah. And that was that what... I lost three or four pounds that way in, which was more than I did the last time. And I wasn't eating bad. Like I wasn't going crazy and eating bad food. I just ate more food. And I think this one is one of those things that just doesn't seem to make sense on paper and our brains want to reject it. Oh yeah. One of the reasons you're having too much body fat and you can't lose the stubborn body fat is because you're not eating enough calories. <laughs> yeah. It's just trying to understand that whole hormonal cycle and, and circadian rhythm and how all that ties in. But your body goes, no nutrients coming in. We better store body fat because a fat cell can store nine calories of energy while a protein cell uh, can, or, or carbohydrate can only store four. So it's going to preserve the types of cells that are going to give it more energy if it thinks it's in starvation mode. Yeah. Now that doesn't mean it's not a bad idea for some to fast. I think fasting has some benefits. 
can create some autophagy. And if timed properly, it's, it's not an issue for some. But I think a lot of people struggling with weight loss, it may not be the best place to start. Yeah, and unfortunately, the place a lot of people start when they want to do significant weight loss is with a fad diet, which is about restricting your calories. Typically, yeah. And then there you go. Yeah, and that's not to say that there's not truth to burning more out, uh, calories than you're expe- uh, taking in. I still think there has to be somewhat of a deficit to see significant change. But sometimes picking foods that are more hormonally productive to weight loss, even if it's a similar calorie count, could make a difference. And if you've been under eating, certainly adding calories can start the ball rolling. And I've had hundreds of clients add 500 calories or more to their diet and finally start losing weight for the first time in years. Eat more calories. Eat more. You heard it here for first, folks. Eat delicious, delicious calories. <laughs> From the right sources. Now, there could be an epigenetic component to that, um, which if you are genetically predisposed, Remember, if you're doing the types of things that spur that on, then yes, maybe that gene will wake up. But epigenetics says that every gene is surrounded with a protein coating that responds to its environment. So if you change your habits consistently, that gene's not going to turn on. But it can make it easier, too, if you slip up. That's a takeaway from that. All right, now that we talked about some of the things that can slow down losing body fat, let's talk about some things that can help. I think before we jump into that, I think a lot of people... And you've talked about this before, but a lot of people want to just quickly get rid of it. And that might not be the right way. Like you should probably lose weight consistently over a slow amount of time versus a bunch right away. Yeah. If you want it to stay on. Which is kind of the whole point. Yeah. I think most people. <laughs> right. Well, there's people that want to look good in their wedding dress and maybe they'll do something more accelerated. Sure, yeah. And then there are special cases where they're facing significant surgeries or prescription medications mm-hmm. if they don't do something a little quicker. And for those people, maybe it's right to take a different approach that's done safe, whether it's keto or carb cycling or something like that. But with the understanding that's probably not something they can do for the rest of their life. So they would want to transition into something more sustainable quickly after. So what's a little bit of the logic behind why personal encourage people to lose weight more slowly than we would see on like Biggest loser or something. <laughs> We're talking like one to two pounds a week-ish is probably a safe place to start. Yeah, less. yeah. One to two pounds is pretty safe. If you were to track the five and 10 year success rate of all the biggest losers, I think most of them put it on plus more. It's like the lottery. So depressing when you hear about people who win the lottery. And oh, yeah. It doesn't do good for them. Yeah, they end up poor again because they spend it all and then... Yeah, it's crazy. But uh, no, I think uh, those types of approaches swing the pendulum too far in one direction and it has to come back. So the body is constantly craving homeostasis. And if it's feeling this one extreme, especially if it's forced, there's going to be payback for that later on the other end. So a slow approach is what's going to keep it off for the longest. The views and opinions expressed on this show are not meant to be used as medical advice. Consult your doctor before implementing any health or exercise changes. The Fire Within encourages you to do your own research and aims to spark interest and motivation to a healthier lifestyle. Did you know that Fire Within works with companies and organizations that might benefit from a health course? Brandon's health course, Health Transformation, can be applied to your company and custom tailored to meet your company's needs. You could supply it as something from your HR department or just a gift by giving access to everyone in your company to the course. If that's you and you're interested, go to firewithinnf.com on the homepage. Look for corporate partnerships. According to the Google, the average weight after 30 weeks on The Biggest Loser comes back to 199. And the average weight six years 
after the final on camera, the weigh-in is typically 290 pounds. So that means on average, participants regain 70% of the weight they'd lost and some even more. Now, another statistic says that participants managed to keep off 12% of their starting body, which at least it's better than where they started, but that means 88% of it came back. So the takeaway, I think that type of weight loss is unsustainable and could potentially lead to more metabolic damage down the road. And that's not necessarily an indictment of the training or the hard work that it takes to lose weight. It's more of saying your body's chemical makeup, homeostasis, wanting to find an equilibrium, doesn't want you to lose 15 pounds a week. It's going to fight you and your hormones are going to fight you. Yeah. And so a slower approach is a safer approach. Is that what you're saying? That's exactly it. You got it. And another reason for that is we talked about earlier in the show, leptin levels. Those levels tend to plummet on that extreme weight loss. And that's one of the things that's going to swing the other way. They're, it's going to surge back when they stop doing the extreme workouts, the extreme dieting, all the supplements and different things that they're on. And that's another piece of it. All right, now that we've talked about some of the things that slowed down belly fat loss, let's talk about the things that we can do. I think one of the biggest keys that a lot of people think is just for old people is to increase your fiber intake. And the reason that is so helpful is because fiber attaches itself to sugar and helps shuttle it out of the body without all of it being absorbed. So not only that, but the indigestible fibers of plants, we've said this a hundred times on this show, they serve as a prebiotic fiber that feeds probiotics in the gut. And the healthier your gut bacteria is, the less sugar-loving species are there. So you're going to have less cravings for it. It's going to help your immune system. It'll help you metabolize and break down things better. So your whole hormonal spectrum improves. Yeah, and if you don't have the money to start up fiber supplements, you can eat foods that are rich in fiber. Like celery. I love celery. Yeah, man. After you eat enough celery, it starts to taste like metal. <laughs> <laughs> so when I buy celery, it's usually because I'm buying a snack, and they don't sell like snack-sized celery. <laughs> and I'm not usually by my fridge when I purchase it like in the morning, so I just finish it. I, I always eat a lot of celery when I eat celery. <laughs> I go and buy a thing of it from Aldi, and then I just keep eating it until it's gone. I'll take one to two sticks out. I've been doing like this forager thing where I'll bring out like eight vegetables from the fridge and I'll eat a little of each caveman style and then do my protein as well. So it's been fun. I feel like a forager. <laughs> Foraging in your fridge. Yeah. Healthy fats is something that can really help. If your body has readily available, broken down in the bloodstream, healthy fats, I think it feels more comfortable burning fat as an energy source. And that's the thought process that behind taking fish oil. Yeah, I think that's another one of those things that doesn't ring true with people. Like, I got too much body fat around my stomach. What should I do? I should increase my healthy fat levels. Which is the correct thing to do, but it sounds very counterintuitive. Yeah. But I, I think it, it made a lot of sense what you just said. Because of that homeostasis thing, your body trying to find equilibrium, your body thinks, okay, there's a plenty of fat in here. I don't need to store it this way. Yeah, exactly. And another thing you could do is focus on your sleep quality. When we get poor sleep, Insulin levels, blood sugar levels go crazy. And also the part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex that separates humans from every other species, gets disconnected from the amygdala, which is the caveman brain. So when we lack sleep, we have no impulse control. We can't say no to the cookies. We're just like, red good, fire bad. <laughs> Oreo. <laughs> nom, 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 nom. It's more like Cookie Monster than... Caveman Cookie Monster, yeah. Yeah, Caveman Cookie Monster. 
Maybe that's the name of the show. We've all been there. We're all like just nodding along in agreement. Yeah, that's absolutely true. When I get tired, I get impulse control issues. <laughs> Cranky, hungry, baby mad. Bam! <laughs> that's when I'm going to throw stuff or break stuff that doesn't even like... That's when I just throw like little fits. Like when I'm really tired and stuff, then it's going my way. I'm like, what the <laughs> Somebody in the house has to come check on me. What's wrong? And then I have to remember, oh yeah, this isn't that big of a deal. But <laughs> it was like me working on the app the other day and I was like screaming at my computer about the snap it in half. <laughs> Brandon needs a nap. Yeah, I need a nap. <laughs> now this, building this app, man, it's been something else. But it'll be so worth it when it's ready. I can't wait. So we talked about sleep helping other small things that, that you can do. I think green tea is something you can implement in your day that can make a difference. It's only got 15 milligrams of caffeine versus 65 milligrams in black tea. So you can have 10 cups of green tea and it equals the same caffeine as one cup of black coffee. Although it has additional benefits, antioxidants, uh, green tea phytosome is known to assist in weight loss. Um, so I think that's a small thing that you can add to your diet to make a difference. Also, drinking, drinking an appropriate amount of water throughout the day, every 16.9 ounces, is going to increase your metabolism by about 100 calories without lifting a finger, just for drinking that bottle of water. So mm -hmm. I think that's another big part of it. We talked about a lot of things that feel like they should be the opposite of what you should do. But I can tell you from some just personal experience and other people too, that these are the things that are the difference makers. You feel like, oh, I should avoid fat. I should, I should not sleep. I should get another workout in. All the things that feel like would help the issue that you're trying to solve can in fact work against the issue that you're trying to solve. And I think that the main point that I kind of took from today's episode is any kind of shortcut actually ends up hurting you in the long run because of the way your body wants to settle into that approach. And so taking a slow and steady approach that's sustainable where you lose a small amount of weight every week. I know this is probably the least sexy, cool. If you click on one of those ads, like five ways to burn your stomach fat. Nobody wants to hear wise advice from grandma and grandpa. That's yeah, just work out and watch what you eat, eat whole <laughs> foods and uh, get some sleep. <laughs> Don't eat so much sugar. <laughs> like, okay, thanks. Thanks, thanks grandma. <laughs> yeah, so basically slow and steady loses the weight. That's a good show title. There you go. There we go. Slow and steady loses the weight. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you got a lot of value out of today's episode. If you did, go check us out at firewithinnf.com and sign up for Refuel, a weekly email with recipes, videos, and tips to stoke the fire within. Also, you can join the Fire Within community by being added to our Facebook group. And don't forget to follow us on social media.